Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 16. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The Valley of Hinnom was where poor people were thrown. It was a continual burning trash heap. His body, are you listening? His body was thrown on a trash heap, but his spirit was carried by an angel into Abraham's bosom. Isn't that awesome? You know why? Because the body's just a tent. Did you hear me? This body, I don't care what kind of shape you're in. This body is a tent. It's just a house for the spirit. They threw his body in the trash, but his spirit was carried into Abraham's bosom. Notice in verse 23 through 25, one minute after the rich man died, he was in torment and he lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. Verse 24, please look at it. And he cried and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he might dip the tip of his finger in the cool of the water and touch my tongue, for I am tormented in these flames. Now you can ask 10 different people what they think about hell, and you will get 10 different answers. Isn't it interesting to you, or is it interesting to you, that people are willing to accept the reality of heaven, but they are unwilling to accept the reality of hell? Let me help you. Heaven is a real place, and hell is a real place. Taking notes, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 15, Ezekiel chapter 31, verse 16, it tells us that hell is a pit, and hell is down beneath the earth. Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, Jesus tells us that hell is in the heart of the earth. And get this, even scientists verify that hell, or let's say this, that something very, 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 very hot is in the core of the earth. Scientists tell us that the earth is a ball and has a core that is hollow. And that hollow ball is full of flames and fire and brimstone and molten lava at the center of the earth. The temperatures are so hot, they say, that they cannot record it. And this hollow ball is approximately 11 to 16 miles from the floor of the ocean. And every time they measure, this is fascinating, every time they measure this hollow ball in the center of the earth, they say it grows larger and larger. Isaiah, fascinating. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 14 tells us that hell enlarges itself and opens its mouth beyond measure. In other words, there's always a construction project going on in hell, widening and making more room for more souls. Hell is a real place. Death is a real thing. 
you know, you, there's so many theories out there as to what happens. And that's kind of the unknown, the big question, the million dollar question. What happens when people die? And there's so many theories out there as to what happens when people die. You know, some people teach that when you die, you go off into nothingness. They teach that when you die, you go off into oblivion or annihilation. You simply pass away and you cease to exist. Your life is like a candle in the wind, they tell you, that goes out, no feeling, no afterlife, no experience, no reaction, no knowledge. And of course, that leads to no hope. It was Ernest Hemingway who said, life is just a dirty trick, a short journey from nothingness to nothingness. Wrong, Ernie. Jesus is talking about hell that is forever, not annihilation. Some people teach, listen, that when you die, your soul goes to sleep in the grave, and they call that soul sleep. Anybody ever heard of that? Soul sleep, okay? Only two, three people. Okay, I got to tell you what it means. Soul sleep. First of all, let me tell you this. The Bible doesn't teach that. I think of the story of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath, whose son died, and Elijah laid on him and prayed for him three times, and the Bible says that his soul came into him. His soul wasn't in his body sleeping. His soul was somewhere else. And his soul came into him. So nope, I'm not buying it. Soul sleep. The Catholic Church, is anybody listening? The Catholic Church, is anybody listening? Is anybody listening? Say amen. All right. Y'all need some Java? The Catholic Church teaches that if you had loved ones who were, let's just say in this life, not so saintly, that they would die and they would go to purgatory. And you could speed up their time in purgatory by praying for them and lighting some candles. Well, the Bible doesn't teach that either. Listen, there is no purgatory. When you leave this earth, you will go into the presence of the Lord. There is no purgatory. Some people believe in reincarnation. I'm going to India in just a week or so. I would say 98% of Indian people believe in reincarnation. And that's why you can see cows walking down the street. I've been in India where there were traffic jams because of cows. Because they believe in reincarnation. And perhaps maybe that cow was Uncle Harry or maybe that cow was, you know, Aunt Josie or something. And we can't eat cows. We can't eat beef. They believe in reincarnation. Some people believe in reincarnation. And the Bible doesn't teach that either. And it never ceases to amaze me when someone says that they were reincarnated. Have you ever heard this? Someone says they were reincarnated. In their past life, they were always like a queen. You ever notice that? In their past life, they were always like King Tut. What were you in your past? I was King Tut in my past life. Oh, in my past life, you know, I was, you know, some special person. You know, I was some bullfighter or something in the past life. Nobody ever says in the past life, I was homeless. Nobody ever says, well, in my past life, you know, I slept under a bridge and I was homeless. Nobody ever says in my past life, I was a cow. Nobody ever says in the past life, you know, I work for the government. Nobody, if you, <laughs> if you work for the government, I love you. Jesus loves you too, but you're wrong. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh. I'm telling you. But nobody ever says that. You know, we've all heard people. And listen, I say this with, with all the most sensitivity. Please hear me. Please hear me. With the most sensitivity I can. 
people say that when somebody dies, that they'll say, you know, um, you know, my loved one died, my mother died, my family member died or whatever, and their spirit is always with me. We've heard that. And they'll say, you'll always be with me. And they'll even tell you, you know, I sense their spirit is in the house with me or their spirit is everywhere I go. Listen, their spirit is not with you. When a person dies, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be what, saints? Present with the Lord. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands because that's true, right? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Their spirit is not with you. I say that with all sensitivity, please, and care. Their spirit's not with you. If you're a Christian, the only person that's always with you is Jesus. Amen. I'm away. It's Jesus. He said, lo, I am with you always. Jesus is always with you. When a loved one dies, they leave this earth. And if they're a Christian, they go into the presence of the Lord. The Bible says it is appointed once men to die and then judgment. Verse 26, go ahead and look at it in your Bible. So the rich man asked Lazarus to touch his tongue with cool water. And Abraham said, that's not possible because there's a mega chasm between us. Now listen close. I'm going to help you here. Listen close. Before Jesus died, look at me, very important here. I'm going to help you understand what happens when someone dies. People ask me all the time, well, what actually happens when somebody dies? Here's what happens. When Jesus, before Jesus died, hell was divided into two compartments. If you're taking notes, you write this down. Sheol, S-H-E-O-L, Sheol, and Abraham's bosom or paradise. Sheol is the Hebrew word meaning underworld, grave, hell, or the pit. In Sheol, there were two compartments, a place for the righteous and a place for the unrighteous. That's what we have here in Luke chapter 16, a place for the righteous and a place for the unrighteous. The place for the unrighteous is called Sheol or hell or the pit. The place for the righteous is called paradise or Abraham's bosom. Before the death of Jesus, stay with me, before the death of Jesus Christ, if you died an unbeliever or you died without faith, your spirit went to Sheol. If before the death of Jesus Christ, if you died in faith, David, Abraham, Elijah, Elisha, all of the godly kings, Ruth and Esther, and all of the godly people of the Bible who died before Jesus died on the cross, they went to Abraham's bosom or they went to paradise. Don't you remember before Jesus died, he's on the cross. The, the guy next to him says, when you come into your kingdom, he looks over at Jesus. Remember, there's one guy mocking him and there's another guy who says, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. And Jesus said to him, what? Today you will be with me. Where saints? In paradise. So anybody that died before Jesus died and ascended into heaven, they went into paradise. Every person who dies in Christ goes immediately into the presence of the Lord. Well, look at verse 29. So the man asked Abraham to send someone back to talk to his brother. The guy said, I'm sure that if somebody goes back to them from the dead, they will repent. 
Guys, I find this fascinating. That he sees the one thing that his brother needs is repentance. Do you know the one thing that the world needs now is repentance? It's not love. That's, that's the song. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, what the world needs now is repentance, sweet repentance. The world needs to repent. And don't you find it interesting that in this life, this man, listen, stay with me. This man had everything. He has CDs and stocks and bonds and IRAs and money and the account and monies in various banks. And he had everything. But now when he's dead and he's in torment, he tells Abraham, Abraham, send someone back to tell my brothers that they need to repent. Because the greatest need for man is to repent. The word repent is a Greek word metanoia. It means to change your mind. It means to change your action. It means you were going that way. Now you need to be going that way. Turn around, do a Yui, and go the other way. And repent. Send someone to tell my brothers. Not that they need to keep making more money. Not that they need to get as rich as they possibly can. It's interesting, your priorities change in eternity now, don't they? Not that they need to keep making more money, but that they need to repent. And notice in verse 31, go ahead and look at it. Abraham said, they have Moses, they've got the prophets, let them hear them. And if they don't hear them, they're not going to be persuaded if one rise from the dead. It's very interesting, in just about two to three weeks, one will rise from the dead, and his name is Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha. And Lazarus, he came back from the dead. Don't you know the story? In John chapter 11, Lazarus had died. And Mary and Martha said, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus went and stood before the tomb. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of the grave and Jesus told him, take off those old dead grave clothes. I think Jesus stood at that tomb and called Lazarus by name because if he had just stood at that tomb and said, come forth, every dead body in that tomb would have just came out of there. So it's almost like Jesus said, Lazarus, just you come forth. And Lazarus came out of that grave and he was just happy to be alive. Some folks just, they need a bunch of stuff. Lazarus like, I don't need nothing. I'm just happy to be alive. And Lazarus went out preaching the gospel. And Lazarus went out telling, is anybody listening to me? And Lazarus went out telling everyone about the goodness and the greatness of God and that he was dead, but Jesus rose him from the grave. And in John chapter 12, it tells us that the religious folk tried to kill him. There was one who came back from the grave and tried to tell them, but they tried to kill him. And then there was another a little bit later, and his name is Jesus. You know that? who came back from the grave, and they didn't believe him either. So if somebody comes back from the dead, they're not going to be persuaded. Miracles don't persuade people. Signs and wonders don't persuade people. You know, people ask me all the time, how come we don't have more miracles here at Calvary Chapel? I'm like, what do you mean more miracles here? I see miracles every single week. Well, we need more miracles here. I mean, we need more laying the hands of service and lengthening legs and stretching heads. And, and, you know, we need to, you know, we need more miracles. The blind to see and the deaf to hear and the lame to walk. 
And I'm like, what, what do you mean? I see miracles every single week. Can I tell you something? Every time somebody gives your life to Jesus Christ, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. Did you hear me? Nobody can save people. Folk can't save nobody. When people get saved, it is a work of God. And that is a miracle. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands again. People, and, and people don't get saved because they saw a miracle. Miracles only testify to the power of God. The Bible says, for the word of God is the power of God unto salvation. God's word is what causes someone to give their life to Jesus and to be saved. In closing, notice Abraham's bosom and paradise, listen, doesn't exist anymore. Now, everyone who dies in Christ, and listen, I need you to listen to me. Everyone who dies in Christ goes to be in the presence of the Lord. Paul said again, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, if you're here today, what I'm about to say is probably the most important thing you will ever hear. If you are here today and you don't know the Lord and you don't plan on giving your heart to the Lord, then let me tell you what will happen when you die. I'm your pastor. I want you to know. Okay, this is what will happen when you die. When you die and you take your last breath, you will leave this earth and you will go directly to hell. Don't stop. Don't pass. Go. Don't collect two hundred dollars straight to hell. And there in hell. Are you listening there in hell? You will await what I call GWT, the great white throne judgment. You'll wait in hell, and then at the great white throne judgment, Jesus will open the books, and you will stand before him. And in these books are every thought that you've ever thunk, everything that you ever looked at, every idle word that you've ever spoken, everything you've ever done, every act you've ever committed is on record. Every moment of your life since you were born is on record. And there at the great white throne, you will be found guilty. Now, Christians, listen, perhaps you can get excited about this. Christians will not stand at the great white throne judgment. Christians will stand at the Bema seat judgment, B-E-M-A, the Bema seat judgment. And there at the Bema seat judgment, that's where we will hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Now enter into the joy of the Lord. Anybody excited about that? Yeah, baby, that's where Christians will be. But the unbeliever will stand at the great white throne judgment and they will hear the words, depart from me, I never knew you. And forever you will be separated from God and cast into the lake of fire forever. And at that time, death and hell are also cast into the lake of fire. The Bible calls that the second death. Did you hear me? Death and hell will be cast into the lake of fire. Death will experience its own death. It's called the second death. The first death is physical. The second death is spiritual banishment from God. Never to live again. No coming back, no reincarnation. And then the last echoes of sin are now eliminated because death is the result of sin and it's gone. 
Hell is a result of death and it's gone. And those whose names are not found in the book of life, God honors their choice and they're gone. And that's why Jesus says, you must be born again. Look at me. You must be born again. Jesus didn't say you should be born again. You got a choice whether you be born again. Maybe you ought to be born again. It's possible that you should be born again. He said you, what saints, must be born again. I've told you this. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. What do you mean, Rodney? Born once, you're born into the world. You die twice if you don't receive Jesus. You die physically, but then also you die spiritually in the second death. Born twice, you die once. What do I mean? You're born into the world, but then you're born again, and you will only die once in this physical world. Because Jesus said, once you die from this physical earth, you will live with him forever. Forever. You will live with God forever. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. You'll be with Jesus forever. Listen, hell, no one in hell can say, God put me there. You know how many people say, well, why would a loving God send people to hell? A loving God does not send people to hell. A loving God sent his son to keep people out of hell. Right? Yes. Yes. Yes, a loving God sent his son, and Jesus doesn't want you to go to hell. Jesus knows more about hell than anybody. You know why? Because he's been there, done that. And that's why the Bible has so much to say about hell, and that's why, search the scriptures, Jesus talks more about hell than any other individual in the entire Bible, including Paul the Apostle, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Jesus talks about hell because he's been there and he knows you don't want to go there. No one can say God put me in hell and no one can say that they put themselves in heaven. God put you there by his grace. God allowed you to go by his grace. Listen, hell wasn't even created for man. It was created for the devil. You know, we hear that God is a God of a second chance. He is. God's the God of a second chance. God is the God of a third chance. God is the God of a fourth chance, a fifth chance, a sixth chance, 10 chances, 20 chances. However many chances you need on this earth to get your life right with Jesus and to keep your heart right with God, you have every chance that's afforded to you. But once in this earth, please hear me. I beg you to hear me. But once you take your last breath from this earth, there will be no more chances. You have no more chances. When you take your last breath on this earth, you have sealed your fate. And there will be no more chances. And that's why God says today is the day of salvation. If any man hears my voice, don't harden your heart. Because as I told you, death just happens. You don't know when you're going to die. I mean, you got your day all planned out already. You think from here you go on to lunch, get you a turkey sandwich. So you think. 
Or you go on to lunch with your family or friends, or you're going to go do this and you're going to go do that. You don't know what today holds, and you don't know what tomorrow holds, and you don't know what next week holds. And that's why you got to get your life right with Jesus today. This August hot day, you need to get your life right with Jesus. Because again, if you don't like this heat, you ain't seen nothing yet. Heaven is, hell is worse. I'm sure heaven is air conditioned. Just goes along with heaven. But hell is worse. You got to get your life right with Jesus. You got to make a commitment to him. My question to you is, do you know him? Do you? Are you a Christian? You got to ask yourself this question. You can't just keep coming to church. How long are you going to just come to church and go through the routine? How long are you going to do that? You know, wasn't it Elijah who says, how long are you going to be caught between two opinions? Either serve God or serve man, serve the devil. How long are you going to be caught? How long are you going to just keep coming to church, just coming to church and just having some music and hearing something that just makes you feel better when you leave? I tell you something, Christianity is way more than feeling better. Christianity, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. Christianity, being a Christian, is about being better. It's about having a better location to go to because this earth ain't it. Someday if you're a Christian, you're going home. This is not your home. And I pray that every individual here, whether it's your first time giving your life to Jesus or this is your 10th, 20th, 30th time recommitting your heart that every single individual will leave this room today knowing that I am going to heaven. I don't know about you. Can you clap your hands if you're excited about that? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.